this is the Cleared Off the Lot Podcast, Season 3, Episode 4, I believe? Yeah. 4, 4, yeah. <laughs> We've gotten through this pretty quick. Uh, you know, right here, Forrest, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man, I'm doing well. I've uh, been, uh, been an interesting one so far this season. I really like how we've been just putting out content that... Uh, is a little bit more centered on stuff and has a, you know, just, just, I guess it's, it, we, we're getting better at it, man. We're getting better at it. It's good. Um, and Trey, Trey Martin's had some good takes, but he's not here today. He is, um, he's, he's out, um, not, not injured, but Running just, uh, today, not just, just, else. yeah, exactly. Um, he's a healthy scratch. Um, but yeah, Terry talking uh, about some stuff deal with Arson Wenger today, his proposed changes for, Soccer, I mean, on a global scale going forward. Um, but first, to kind of preface that, what have we enjoyed and liked, if that's even possible, about soccer within the past six COVID-filled months? Honestly, the thing that I've liked is that it's just the game. You know, no real outside factor, well, obviously, besides COVID, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no fans in the stands. There really isn't a home field advantage. It's really 11 dudes playing against 11 dudes and the best team winning. No no fans to influence you or anything like that. So I think it's really, we've, we've really gotten to the grassroots of the game. And that's something that I have enjoyed seeing. Something we'll probably never see again. I could be wrong, but unlikely. But that's something that I've really enjoyed over the past five or six months, seeing these dudes just grind away. Best team wins. What about you, Forrest? Yeah, I think a lot of the noise that used to surround everything, the drama and how you have midweek headlines that would kind of play into a match are kind of gone. Like, I don't, you know, we've still had some pretty big transfers, but everything's been so dumbed down. You kind of just like it because there's less noise to deal with. You can focus more on, like, what's happening on the pitch. And I think there's been more analysis into how teams are doing now than there ever has been because that's what we can only focus on. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's interesting. I, I mean, you, you've watched soccer for a long time. The behind closed doors phrase was reserved strictly for punishments yeah. and for games that just like, you know, maybe you're in, I'd say Greece, but like, you know, maybe you're in some country where there's not, there's like, you know, rowdy fans and it's like, yo, we, we can't play this. Like we, we cannot do this yeah. here, you know, and that's probably rarely happened at all. But behind closed doors was pretty much like, okay, it's not a really significant match. It's like a youth team game um, and they don't have anything or, you know, there's a punishment that's been handed down. Now that's every week. It's every day. Like it's, it's kind of interesting. It's normal. Yeah, it's normal. I mean, are you used to that by now? Is it just like not even like, oh, it's soccer, but like there are no fans. Is that is that what we're thinking is like, you use the term normal. Do you feel like it's just like I mean, so routine? It is. I mean, it is normal. It's, it's the new normal. And I'm, I'm really waiting for the day that it isn't normal anymore to where we get what we used to know back. But as of now, yeah, I've, I've kind of gotten used to it. Like now, I well, in the beginning, when I turned on a soccer match at, uh, during the restart, it was it was different, you know. <coughs> People tried to pump in crowd noise. I wasn't really a big fan of that, but now it's normal. Now I'll tune in, watch Arsenal, watch some Premier League team. Honestly, I won't even notice that there aren't fans. Yeah, and so I, that I just think shows that's... you how normal it is. I'm waiting for the day that it isn't normal anymore, and we get our fans back. But as of now, it is what it is. 
Yeah, I, I agree. It's just been so, um, so interesting because I don't think about it anymore. It's, and, and I think it helps that there have been two, there's been now a finished season and another season starting up where, um, stuff is rolling on. Um, it is, it, and I think when we think about Premier League, we, we think in the context of England, I'm um, England now, um, if little news nugget, London is in the second highest tier of coronavirus measures as of, I think, today. So England is having some cases rise. Um, and here we might look at their case caseload and think, oh gosh, that's nothing compared to where we are at South Carolina, back in Maryland and the country. But England's a smaller country and they have a lot more uh, emphasis on their national health service than you know, we do because it's not state run here. Anyways, England's kind of been able to go on with like other things surrounding soccer kind of seamlessly because I think they're in a longer lockdown than we were. But now, you know, I wonder how it's going to be affected with some case spikes and all that. Um, I remember back to watching like, you know, the games right when stuff was getting canceled. Did you, did you ever watch games like right when there were some leagues still playing or not? Yeah, I, I remember when I was watching the NBA when everything when they when they canceled their season. I was like, wow, uh, Premier League's next. They're all everyone's next. I mean, it, that you know that time period was really a crazy time because mm-hmm. it just seemed like each day, league after league after league, just said, you know what? Yeah, we got to postpone. It was it was almost like I remember watching a league MX match. It was almost like you were kind of like seeking out where soccer was being played. You'd be on your couch and thinking, oh, when's this gonna end? And, you know, I remember watching the last, like, Europa League game, last the game of Mexico, like I was saying, before all this stuff was canceled, and you're just thinking, like, oh, gosh. Like, you feel like the whole world's watching, but at once, but it's not there. It's like, you're like, every, there are how many people are sitting in their houses watching this match? And it's like, it's kind of weird. It's like this communal aspect where we're all looking at it, and it's like, wow. You 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 feel like you're alone, but you know you probably aren't. You know what I mean? A little bit. I mean, I don't think that I thought of it that far, but I do genuinely see where you're coming from. Yeah. So. Um, but obviously, right now, I think it's 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 good that we have places back open where we can enjoy the game together. Uh, we're gonna talk about you know what, what there were some changes with how the game was played in the Premier League, small ones, but still changes over the past couple months for COVID purposes. Um, and we're going to talk about some of those going forward and then uh, um, some new changes Arsene Wenger is proposing right after the break. Stay with us. All right, everybody, back after that break and all that. So Arsene Wenger, who is now a man who works for FIFA, has some pretty interesting rule changes he wants to have. Um, Chris Wright from ESPN has called his rule changes radical. Um, but it's interesting enough, this is pretty high role, Terry. He is FIFA's chief of football development. Um, so that's a pretty influential role, I would assume. Um, but uh, yeah, what, do you, what do you make of him being a FIFA employee, first off? You're, former, you're an Arsenal fan. Honestly, I'm fine with it. I think that he has such a cerebral mind. To a, a very innovative mind. Cerebral's a pretty good word. Yeah, a very. He, I mean, he's innovative. I mean, yeah. He he was a coach of some of the most successful teams in the Premier League, and I feel like just that innovative mind is something that FIFA kind of needs. I'm not saying that the sport is like bland or 
have been doing things the same way forever, but I mean, I don't think that it would say no to some kind of change. I mean, keep in mind they implemented VAR, which is a very big change. Yeah. So I think that FIFA's definitely going in that direction in that uh in that way. Yeah, we've seen a lot of changes around technology. Like I remember when the Hawkeye Volant Tech was introduced. Yeah. I mean, that was big and that was a big deal. Um and you know that kind of caught on pretty quickly, but again, VAR has been a big bit. You know, it's been a long time coming as well, and arguably, it's had its you know moments in uh, different countries and uh, with how it's implemented and how good it's been implemented. But Wenger's rule changes are on the game. We've heard we have we always heard like people say we want to do this, we want to do that. But this is the first time I feel like someone who I actually kind of respect has said something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I can definitely agree yeah. with that. So his first overhaul is the offside rule. He says, I would like it to be that there is no offside so long as a single body part which a player can score with is in line with the defender. This could be too much of an advantage for an attacker because that obliges the defenders to play higher up. He's definitely right on the analysis of how that would affect play, Terry. Um, But just to recap, if a part of your body which you can score with is in line with the defender... But you have another part of your body that's offside under the current rules. You know, if that's the situation, there would be no offside. I kind of like it, you know, because VAR could implement this. Like, it's it's a game of inches. So, you know, if there's a foot that's onside but the other foot that's not, that could be it. But I feel like this is too much in-match deliberation over very small technicalities, you know what I mean? I agree. I think I think the way the way I see it in my head, I feel like it would be slightly easier for VAR because the way I've seen it, it's hard to see where someone's hand or arm is and that could get you offside now, but like I feel like I don't know, the human body just kinda lean the upper part kinda leans forward whereas your feet kinda uh yeah, lean yeah. back or further back and I feel like that'd just be easier for VAR but just the rule in general no I feel like that that would swing it too far towards the attacking players now I know goal it it would lead to more goals and I know we always want more goals but I feel like that is kind of just cherry picking goals at that point I feel like that that leans too far much for the attackers and I feel like that there are already a lot of rules in the game that go in favor of attackers and I feel like that you're, you're really just tying defenders' hands behind their back, to be honest with you. Well, I tell you what, <laughs> when you run, you're pretty, aren't you always running with your torso kind of further than your legs? Maybe not. Yeah. But if, if, you're, if you're a striker and you're peeling off a defender, you're going, you're, you're, your head's farther away, like marginally. Yeah. Um, you can score with your head. Um, I think the one thing, you mentioned this, um, how attackers have so many more advantages, like, Look at how easy it is to get a penalty these days. I mean, it's kind of disgraceful, like how easy it is to have a penalty called on a defender you're facing. Mm-hmm. Because you, you know, I remember one time, like I think Oscar for Chelsea, you dragged his foot, and I think he, they looked at it again or something, maybe even not. But no, he was given a penalty, but um, the commentators looked at the replay and said, oh, he's dragging his foot, he's cheated. You know, now it's just like you, you feign one way, and you know you you kind of draw minimal contact, and then you go down. I, I think there's attackers have a little too much leeway these days. Defenders do the right thing most of the time, 
but attackers just know how to like get them in awkward positions. So all in all, noted this rule, right? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to give it a hard pass. Uh, maybe a, a tweak to it, but no, it's it's mm-hmm. enough for me. All right, you're the next one. What is that? Uh, the next one is replacing throw-ins with kick-ins. Let me just give you a little sound bite from Arsene Wenger. Uh, he said that he also like to change it maybe five minutes before the end. A throw-in for you should be an advantage, but normally in situations like that, it's not because uh, the other team has ten outfielders in play, whereas you currently have nine. So all in all, he just would like to have the possibility to take a kick instead of a throw. So first thoughts for us, what do you think about that? I I never had thought about the man advantage, um, but really you're 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 not throwing in the. It, it, he, I think he's meaning last five minutes. You're trying to have a long throw. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So yeah. let's say yeah, last five minutes, long throw into the box as we usually see in the box. Yeah, you do have man disadvantage because you have the thrower. Um, and in that sense, I would like soccer to be a little more futsal esque and adopt that because I think as we discuss later on. When you have the ball on the ground and you can play quickly from the restart, um, it just makes it a lot better because we all know with throw-ins, like especially me, I hate it because some players are not in the right positions and you know they don't they don't know you're like okay I have no option here if I could just dribble the ball in it'd be much easier because I could make space for myself dribble the way I want and then you have more control as the person that's restarting to make a move and to make a play to help your team. I think. This was the one rule of all these that I thought was just super vague. Like, kick in. Like, what do you mean, like, put the ball on the yeah, ground exactly. and kick in? Do you mean punt it in? Do you mean dribble it in? I think just saying kick in is very vague. Yeah, can, can can the kicker, like, does the kicker have to stay outside? I think yeah. I think what he means is, like, he's talking about a man advantage. Mm-hmm. He wants to even that out. So I think he wants the, like... Um, maybe you have like a partner player where the player comes just tab it right back and then you join back in on the pitch yeah. or maybe you just like kick See, it that, like yeah. forward and dribble in that's the one way to look at it yeah. but I think uh, just the way you phrase it the way I thought of it off first hand was that it's just putting the ball on the end, on the touch line and you just kick it in, kick it in. and I was like well if it's still like that you're still kind of at a man Disadvantage, but that's beside me. But yeah. the way I think of the rule, I think that if this rule were to be implemented, I think that if a team is a goal or two down late, it is going to be frantic. I think yeah. there's already oh, frantic yeah. with throw-ins, especially if the throw-in is near the near the corner. But I think with the kick, you get much better range with that. I think people are going to bombard the box trying yeah. to get a goal. So I think just that last five minutes, that would be crazy. Uh, there needs to be a couple things. Well, if this rule is implemented, there needs to be a few restrictions, some things, but I think it'd be frantic. Yeah, so to your point about frantic endings of matches here, here from the article on ESPN, we're going to quote, it means attacking teams could restart playing almost immediately or choose to launch a long ball from the touchline. So you have an option there, like we were talking about. What What's the deal here? Um, so let's say you're on midfield. You know, you, you might have to make the, the sidelines a little bit larger. You might have to have, like, a designated kick-in area yeah. where you can say, or maybe, like, you or something like that, um, where you can just play a long ball from there. But honestly, if you're a pro player, you have enough power to generate in your run-up where it doesn't have to be, like, a free-kick run-up. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could probably do that. But that's the thing. That, that would be cool because you then have a more free-kick style 
um, play is restart. Um, but it's faster. Um, and then, you know, this, this could be kind of a Hail Mary thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that adds to the frantic nature of what it could possibly be that, you know what, I just need one more opportunity, basically just get a free kick out of bounds. So yeah, exactly. That's essentially what it is to me the way I read it, just a free kick out of bounds. But mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break and then get to the last two, all right? Stay with us. more last two Arsene Wenger overhauls here and this one as Terry and I put it is rewarding bad corners Arsene Wenger says we're also considering other things a corner that goes out of play and comes back in could could be made valid this would create new goal scoring opportunities now I know from personal experience that if a player on my team or even on another team uh has a corner that goes out of bounds. I think really how how can you have this how you have this happen? Even the pro level, I know guys make mistakes, but corners are a lot simpler than they really are. I know that getting the accuracy right is one thing, but the direction on them, Terry Craig, should be should be pretty simple, don't you think? I think so. It, it really is just rewarding bad corners. And one thing that I just thought of that it, it really would change a lot of the rules because unlike a lot of sports, if the ball even like, if the ball like hovers over the line and goes out, it's out, which is what the rule is now, which is unlike a lot of other sports. But wouldn't it change like the, how throw-ins are awarded? Cause let's say the ball hits on the inside of the field and then bounces over the line, but it hasn't touched the ground or anything. Normally now that would be out. Yeah, like, right, right, right. Rule, wouldn't it be in? Because think of think of soccer as like there's a magic as a, as, as a box, box yeah. around. Like if it leaves that box now, it's out regardless. But if you change the corner rule, that would change how. Yeah. Well, usually I don't. Well. I think with like a with a throw in, I mean. You're not trying to curve it. You're trying to play it straight. And sometimes, yeah, like throws yeah. don't go the way you want. Even if it like you're chasing a ball and the ball goes out of bounds, and somehow like you jump and save it, but it's airborne over the line. Like yeah. that, that the airborne ball's out. The, the, the ball's out. The ball's out. So it doesn't make any sense because like the fundamental of soccer is that the pitch is a box, and it has to stay in those. It has to stay in bounds. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know. Um, ESPN article says just do corners better would be our advice here. So obviously the author of that ESPN is always there good advice. They're they're they're, they're not better honestly. Um, yeah, I don't think corners can be made any better. Cor- corners are pretty um, yeah. good as they are. We just mentioned before you press play that possibly telling uh, having a team choose which side of the cor- which corner they want to take from um, on like a on a case-by-case basis so like a ball goes out they could choose to take a corner from either side regardless of where the, what side of the goal the ball went out on maybe to um, adhere what a good corner taker wants or i gave an example of fours maybe if the sun is coming from the right you kind of want the goalkeeper to look into the sun mm-hmm. whereas well if the ball went out on the other side the keeper the, the sun will be to the keeper's back so that's that's another example of maybe yeah. why that would be a half mm-hmm. decent rule. It'd also be good to like probably cater to who you're de- who who's the best corner kick taker. You know, if if you have a guy you really want to take a corner, but it's not the right side for him because he's in 
you know, he's a left footer or a right footer, yeah. um, then that might be good. Um, but again, you know, it, the it's funny because most, it, it, this makes sense, most of the rules we see here are like, are benefiting offenses, mm-hmm. benefiting attacking play. And there's not a lot of defensive um, rules, but that that's kind of makes sense because like everyone's, and you know, in this country especially, everyone rags on soccer because it's not, there's not enough action. Um, yeah, but anyways, everyone yeah. wants goals. Yeah. Everyone wants goals. Um, well, but let's, this, yeah, let's move on to the DIY free kicks. We're big on this one, aren't we? Yeah, both of us are. Uh, there's not there's not a long soundbite, but here's is what Arsene Wenger said. There's also the option of quickly playing a free kick to yourself, and I honestly love this role. But I'll let Forrest start us off. What do you think? I I I really think it's pretty good top to bottom. Um, yeah, yeah, Wenger's an awful lot of detail here, but I think that uh, with having some some faster restarts for free kicks, that'd be good, especially like you're saying, Terry, before <clears throat> a, uh, a long, a long advantage uh, debate has been, has, has, has gone on with everyone fighting for like a minute 30, you know, at, at the rest throw it about stuff. So if you can just in the attacking half have a foul and play quickly, um, I think the one problem with that is, uh, you know, that, that'd be good. But the one problem with that is, is that you'd have players that would just stand right in front of the, the opposition, and you, it'd be a nuisance. So you have to have a rule that said you have to kind of back off, um, like you would. I think I think it's something with, I think in, in rugby maybe there's something like that where um, you have to, you know, no one can the players back off pretty quickly. Also, rugby's more respectable game player wise. I don't think they mouth off the ref as much. Yeah, but um. You know, maybe it's something where you have, um, you know, a foul gets called, um, the players walk away really quickly, which really can't trust them to do, and, and you dribble. Or it's just like, hey, no matter where they are, you just restarted there because you want to have more attacking flow because um, you're all on the front foot, and that's what happens. So, you know, good idea in my opinion, but could have some practical problems with guys being a nuisance. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, whether – like if this rule is implemented, at the end of the day, it really is up to the ref whether or not he'll allow something like that. Because I, yeah. pers- I personally would not like to see something like this happen, like right in front of the eighteen yard box, maybe like twenty yards out, two yards away yeah. from the eighteen yard box. Because then you're what just dribbling on goal. Maybe there's a zone goal. where you can say, hey, well, maybe yeah. you know the team playing uh, right to left can. Um, do this restart from the midfield line up to, you know, maybe, honestly, maybe they should make a line, like, maybe they should have a couple tick marks on the sides of the pitch to indicate where the zone ends, Mm -hmm. Um, and then that might have some deliberation of what happens, but I feel like, you know, hockey has their different lines that are used for different reasons. Maybe it's time for soccer to have zones of play where you can do certain things in those zones. That would be um, a very different, different aesthetic. Yeah, that would it be would be. It'd be weird seeing a couple lines on the soccer pitch, but honestly, I'd be, I'd be down for it because what I just said there, what I just said about the referee coming down to him, I, I've already thought of like a lot of flaws to it because, yeah. you know, if he says you can't do it and they're maybe like 20, uh, 28 yards away, you know, what if another referee gives it and yeah. he's like 27 There's, yards yeah, yeah. It's, closer. It's, so. it's a lot of deliberation. Like I think what rules have to do is, is limit deliberation in a match because you don't want to have guys fighting over really small stuff 
that wasn't thought out when you made the rule during the match. You want to have a rule that's easy to implement and doesn't change the game too much. Um, so like we're saying, if you want to have like a zone, like I'm thinking, that's a big, huge change. Yeah. And that's like, you know, here's the thing. Soccer's so old. This is where we kind of, kind of wrap this up, I suppose. Soccer is so old that it's kind of like if it ain't broke, don't, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. But what, what, what are some other things that we could think of today that could fix the game, that could make it a little better, um, besides getting rid of VAR? <laughs> I mean, that's a really difficult question because I feel like that we're all still kind of getting used to VAR. Though. That's really what's all on our minds we can, right we, we can't process anything else. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing really that sticks out to me that I'd say right now that the game really needs. I really do appreciate that Arsene Wenger is trying to put his mind to things that could potentially make the game better. But off the top of my head, no, there's... Yeah. And what about you? Anything for you? No, I, I think it's, it's interesting you mentioned, like, you know, you appreciate Arson's efforts, but at the same time, like, how many of these things are going to be implemented? And I think Infantino, the president's been kind of um, warm to changing stuff up. But again, like, how, how much is this going to be... How much is stuff going to change? Probably not a lot. The one thing I had a, a COCL fan say to me last night was that... Um, the five substitution rule, um, he was a fan of that during Project Restart Premier League. And I personally think that's good. Of course, that gives the advantage to deeper um, deeper squads yeah. um, in the Premier League and other leagues. So maybe, and here's the thing, I like substitutions. I think substitutions really shake up the game um, and they add something to it. It's, you know, it, and it can be beneficial. I think in a day and age where players are playing a lot more games than they used to, yeah. Um, it's beneficial just for rest purposes. So I'm thinking maybe let's put it down the middle. Let's have four subs. Let's see four subs. Four would be all right. I think one of the biggest... It's a nice round number. One of the biggest rule changes over the years that I think has really helped, I think what this rule's implemented implemented really recently, uh, in tournament games, getting that extra sub going into like extra time and then... Okay. Yeah, I think that that is something that really helped because watching what World Cup knockout games... Going extra time, it, it's just a bunch of just. Yeah, it's you. You, you need you need legs, and I think if you have four, if you have four players, like theoretically, you could replace a, a single part of your team. That you could replace everyone on the back line if you yeah. wanted to. You could place everyone in midfield if you wanted to, and you could probably say, okay, like our we have, you know, um, you don't have to use two out of three subs on like on the on the back line when you need to use some there. It's more flexibility yeah, for coach, I, and I think coaches would like that. Yeah, I'd even argue in that situation that you might even that you probably should get even one more sub because just watching. Yeah, games, yeah, extra time games maybe two subs. Yeah, legs, it's it's tough. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, of course. I think it's all about like I when you get to the latter stages of the match. It is boring to watch. You're like, man, I want this to be over. Yeah. Like it's, you know, their mistakes, their miscues. Guys are not at their best. So anything to help out the players play better is what we're for, right? Exactly. Always. That's that's the COTL motto. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. We're gonna leave it at that. We appreciate everyone listening. Thank you. Thank you. All love, everyone. All love. Peace. See y'all next time.